the Koi Gig Pod has made a new signing. Your goalkeeping coach is your god. Emma Byrne is joining Kathleen and Karen this season. Keep up to date with all the WSL action every Tuesday and subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Lily Ag scores one of the most important goals they have ever scored. What a moment for the Republic of Ireland. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. I'm Kathleen McNamee and as ever I am joined by Karen Duggan. But this week, Karen, you're not the most exciting person on the podcast. Whoa, straight in. That's weird already. I'll just leave, will I? We are very lucky to be joined for the rest of the season by the one and only legendary Irish player, Emma Byrne. Emma, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We know you've been on it a few times before, so you're not necessarily a completely new addition. I'm not a stranger. I'm so <laughs> happy to be here. I see what you're doing here. You're going to try and fight. You're going to get us to try and fight. We're not going to do it, Caro. Teammates no. forever. Works. I don't Score. think I need to try all that hard to be fair from the few times you have been on the podcast Emma I just sit back and let the two of you go at it <laughs> and well, or Emma just goes at me and I just take it quietly <laughs> oh my god this is <laughs> not a good start <laughs> considering the fact the minute you were joined into the whatsapp group before that we started recording the shots were going already I feel like we know exactly how this is going to go but we couldn't have had a more exciting weekend back to actually welcome you to plenty of things to talk about. Uh, and also, I presume you're always happy to see Chelsea losing, especially in the fashion that they did to new up-and-comers Liverpool with full of Irish talent. I mean, that was just fantastic, wasn't it? But I have to say... um like Emma Hayes is one of my good friends. So I'm not going to say I'm happy to see them lose because that would just be terrible. But not displeased. Uh, I mean, you, you just you just love the underdog, don't you? So obviously it was a fantastic result for Liverpool and I was gleaming a little bit, but uh, obviously felt a bit bad for Emma too. <laughs> would have been better if Spurs lost as well. Oh, well, that that I can be happy about and celebrate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one, there's absolutely no concern about whatsoever. <laughs> and Karen, what about you? Had a all right weekend? Dare I bring up the result? I can't believe I'm going to be happy. You're bringing up the result. I was going to yeah. leave you off. I was, going I was to be... shocked. I thought you were going to come at me straight away with that one. No, no, no. I wouldn't. You have enough to contend with being from Sligo without me bringing up the fact that you lost the weekend. <laughs> I mean, I thought we played all right. I thought we could have got something from it, but you guys are just a bit more, bit more experienced than we were. Sure, That's a nice way. Let's go with experience. Absolutely yeah. hammered us. <laughs> <laughs> we got hammered. I mean, two 0 It's not the worst in the world. We're we're still up and coming. I I'm very adept at having been an Arsenal supporter, an Ireland supporter, and a Sligo supporter my entire life at making things seem rosier in my own mind (laughs) so that I can cope with the constant disappointment. (laughs) It's an important life skill. It's an important life skill. It is an important life skill. So Emma, tell us, did you do any special prep now that you're part of the the proper Koi Gig team? (laughs) Well, I mean, I was trying to watch all the games and I've never done that in my life. (laughs) I might watch one game and then maybe get the highlights, but I was like, I better actually watch them all. And that was difficult because like yesterday in particular it was like 12 o'clock kickoff then a three o'clock and another three o'clock and then there was a five o'clock I was like that's it my day's gone <laughs> like I would like to be able to walk the dogs at some stage they were crying at the door for at least three hours um but yeah I got to see lots of football went to the United game um which was really cool I enjoyed that record crowd there as well at that one yeah, there was a good yeah. crowd, really yeah. good, really good game from United as well. A little bit disappointed by Reading. Um, I actually went to to watch one of my very good friends play, who's the captain of Reading, and uh, there wasn't much I could say to her after the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't concede in the second half, I suppose. That's, that's, that's your opener, really. First, second half was so yeah. much better. 
Um, but yeah, so it was like a football packed weekend and, and I forget what that was like. Cause after retiring, I mean, it's years now since I've retired. I'm still on the, Oh, I just, I just need a break. <laughs> need a break. <laughs> and then I was asked to do this. So I'm like, right, I'm back. <laughs> back. I'll have to get Emma Carroll to give you lessons on whenever there is multiple games on over a weekend, all starting at 12 o'clock and you have to like triple quadruple screen it with like different matches and pick out the points you actually want to talk about. It's a skill in itself and I'm still, I did a team of the week once last year where they had a similar sort of setup and I still don't know how she does it every week. So <laughs> I will be telling her that when she comes. Well, I am, I am amateur because yesterday, for example, I had one game on the laptop and one on the TV, but I forgot to switch it on to watch instead of listen. So I had like <laughs> just noise in the background and I was like so focused on the Spurs game. I forgot there was another one going on but um, I caught up with it in the end (laughs) yeah well I mean it was one of those weekends where there was quite a lot happening it wasn't like there was necessarily some more chill games that you could just ignore I think like between the Chelsea Liverpool result obviously you had Arsenal kicking everything off against Brighton with a nice win Aston Villa City, which was probably one of the talking points of the weekend, considering that City have never dropped points to Aston Villa before. And then, of course, you had, from an Irish perspective, Jesu absolutely lighting it up. I mean, of all the English commentators I saw covering games of the weekend, a lot of them picked her out as one of their top players of the weekend. And I'm sitting there like, yes. it was more of this, Jess. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Great start for her um, mm. because, you know, watching her play for Ireland, you could see she had talent. Like that was mm. obvious, natural talent. But I was like, she needs to get more physical. She needs more experience in there. But like, pff, totally. I-, I need to do that more. Every time I say something <laughs> about um, an Irish player, they just go and they they kick my ass the next time and they're absolutely brilliant. So I'm going to ask you to start slating me every Friday just so that I play a bit better on a Saturday for the next four weeks or so. <laughs> I can do that. No yeah, problem. No problem. <laughs> Call me. Thanks so much. You're such a good friend, Emma. But it was a great, I was a weekend. Yeah, it was a weekend that I kind of thought like every, all the top teams would come out and it'd be like a statement of intent. And we saw Arsenal doing it. And then we kind of saw United doing it. And then Chelsea and City, not so much. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't expecting it from Chelsea. I was expecting them to come out and and pretty much do what they've done all last season, apart mm-hmm. from the start to last season. Um, but City, you know, they're just so inconsistent. You just don't know what to expect from them, do you? So, yeah, that that for me, I mean, it was a surprise that they didn't win, but not a huge surprise. Chelsea was, that was crazy. That was a crazy result. Yes, and we will dive into it all a bit deeper later on on the podcast. Uh, the Koigig Pod on OTB Sports is an association with Cabri FC, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Now, this year on the Koigig Podcast, we're having a little bit of a change. We're going to be giving a lot more deeper analysis on the games with fewer interviews, but much more exciting ones. We have a lot of great things lined up for you in the coming weeks. We will still have Emma Carroll coming along up next with her WSL Team of the Week. And besides that, we will be chatting about all the things that we've already mentioned at the top of the show. So do get in contact with us every week if you have any questions, any queries, if Emma, Karen or I say something absolutely ridiculous, or if you just want to slate Karen ahead of the weekend <laughs> and give her a bit of motivation to score for Vs, you can get them into us at the pod at offtheball.com. Now we have the brilliant Emma Carroll joining us for her WSL Team of the Week. They are back in action. Emma, how did you find doing round one of your Team of the Week? Interesting. Not the team I was expecting at the start of the weekend (laughs) to be putting together. There's a lot of left field um, players in there, I think, from the usual, out of the norm. Well, why don't you give us our team and we will be able to dive into it and talk about your overwhelming bias, which of course is already on show in team number one. <laughs> I don't think there's any bias in here at all. Um, I'm going to go in go with Rachel Laws. No bias. Megan Campbell, left back. Leah Williamson, Maya Letizia, Jess Sue, midfield of Rachel Corsi and Katie Zellum. And then kind of a midfield slash front four of Mead Dave. Stengel and Medima. No bias. No bias. 
<laughs> and to start it off, who for you was a standout performer of the weekend? Um, for me, well, like Jesse was just being talked about all weekend and assist on her debut. What more can you do? Um, Letizia as well, two goals for United. I thought she was one of their standout performances on Saturday. I thought she was brilliant. Um, and then Rachel Daly, again, Aston Villa struggled so much with scoring goals last season. And I think I've seen a stat that they'd never scored against Man City. So they put four like past them and she scored two of them and she was integral to like the press and everything. So I yeah, pretty, pretty good weekend for the underdogs. And to throw it to you, Emma Byrne, this is going to be a controversial topic where we'll have to like make sure that we get which Emma I'm talking to, right? But <laughs> Emma, is there, is there anyone on that team to initiate you into Team of the Week that you would take issue with? Um, no, I mean, it's I'm going to be easy on you, Emma, because it's our first week together and we're <laughs> tough and a bad foot. It's, it's a really good team. I mean, Christ, it's a good team. Um, but I would, I mean, I really liked the Liverpool midfield. Is it Cherry, Cherry Holland? Sure, Holland, yeah, the sure. midfielder, yeah. I thought she was absolutely excellent in there. So I probably would have put her in there instead of maybe Katie Zellum because, I mean, let's be honest, Reading didn't have any pressure on the, on the United midfield. So it was a bit of a field day for them. I probably would have changed Holland in there. I really liked Lucia Garcia as well for her debut as well. Love the fact you put Maya in there, um, Letizia, because she was excellent. As I said, I went to that game and um, it's a little bit different as well. When you're there live, you can just see their movement, their positioning. She was absolutely brilliant, really impressive. So yeah, I I think it's fairly similar. Probably definitely would have had Jess Zoo in there, but I would have had her higher up the pitch. We need to stop putting our attacking yeah. players back there. You learn when I, when Push you them. get to my teams of the week, they could have went wind up anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Emma just make sure that the player she wants gets in there and like formation and actual position. Doesn't matter. Go out the window. A little I work it out somehow. Yeah. Yeah, but it also gives us more to talk about, so it's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> If you were to push Jess on now, I think Batier is probably in with the shout as well. Her combinations, like you said, with Lucia Gary on the right-hand side for United were really good. And the cross for Russo's header, which was kind of inevitable that Russo would get a goal. But um, like you say, cause Reading didn't show too much, you probably wouldn't have picked any of the United strikers um, per se, possibly in the middle as well. I think Kim Little just dictated again in midfield, but I suppose we probably will pick her most weeks, so we'll give other people a chance. But she was um, my original one, I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, it, for last season, it was always just Walsh. You're looking at Walsh and Little, so I think we'll just see a lot of Little this year. Um, again, I thought she was just brilliant in possession and scored the opener, kind of set them up for the game. Um, they were fairly, very good. Miedema, you have out left wing. She was fairly. Uh, she was fairly lively. I know she didn't get on the score sheet, but she was pretty good there. Linking up with me, particularly for that pullback, was really good. Um, very attacking team there. Possibly another shout for centre back, and I expected a bit more bias as our own um, Neve Fahey. Yeah, just because. Gonna- yeah, just the thing that stood out was that kind of stoppage time interception. Considering the pressure they were under for the entire game, you would have been forgiven for maybe a sit up or a, a slip up at some stage. But the back fiver or whatever they were kind of <laughs> stood strong for them yeah there was a last ditch I think it was Fahey and Campbell together combined just came together and got the ball away somehow in that seven minutes of added time that there was and uh, is that what gave Megan point. the nod oh back listen substitute, substitute in there yeah I thought I thought for Liverpool the one bright spark was Leanne Kernan if there was anybody going to, that was going to score from open play it looked like it was going to be her and she's actually very close to being in the team Campbell came on for Kernan and yeah. straight away she started causing havoc with her throw-ins and then they win the, pan- the penalty off the back of her throw-in her defensive duties in the last 10 minutes or so as well in just crunching tackles long throws to clear off the pressure yeah, I thought she was great when she came on and she probably should have started. But at the same time, I'm quite glad that they're easing her in because I don't want her to get injured before the international window. So. <laughs> Play as much she wants after that. But once she qualifies us for a World Cup. <laughs> yeah, just 
have one of those deals where she comes on in the 63rd minute like Atletico that's going on at the moment for the men um, but then again you've got Neville who probably scored the goal of her life left <laughs> back not getting in but uh, yeah, definitely we'll, would have put Neville in there yeah. I mean she's she's class she doesn't she get is. enough recognition anyway from games she's non-stop she's yeah. actually non-stop but she, I'd say she riles up her all the opposition oh. she comes up against which is yeah. what you want yeah I wonder if she has any Irish yeah <laughs> <laughs> Take a few calls there, Emma. You're <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> message. So she was one of the players that we talked about so consistently last year that we thought was one of the most underrated players in the league in general. And part of me is kind of surprised she hasn't moved on yet or hasn't found somewhere where she might get a bit more recognition or a bit more push. But I suppose it's so difficult with the setup over there to even impress, especially with a player of her age and stuff. Yeah, you're looking at the teams above you. You're wondering who she'd kind of push out, though, from that position. It could be, could be quite difficult. Um, and Spurs obviously had a pretty good season last season, particularly yeah, the first I, half of the season. I'd say she's happy there. You know, mm. you're happy when you're and you're an happy clapper. <laughs> <laughs> um, she seems happy there. And I think she's the type of player that likes to be in surroundings that she's comfortable with and I think she's really happy with the manager the players she lives around there so I don't think she'd be making a move but I do think if Spurs can continue to play like they have or they had um, I think she'd be getting recognition like she might even be getting called up for the national team which means the Irish family thing will go out the window unfortunately Um, but scoring a goal like that I mean we know players that have that all they've done just score that goal and we're talking about them in the season so hopefully Mm -hmm. she'll get that recognition it's interesting Emma that you mentioned about the possible England call up for her because I feel like there was a couple of the younger players the kind of Lauren James and stuff of the English setup who impressed quite a lot at the weekend and we know Vigman is very strict on who her team is and who her squad is do you how possible is it to break into a squad like that at this stage because there's going to be a lot of loyalty to a lot of players there after what they've achieved this summer. I mean, if you, if you win the Euros, you're going to kind of <laughs> stick with the same team. Yeah, of course. But definitely being brought into the squad is is an option. Like they play in-house games. They have lots of time to meet up. You know, you can Wiegmann can bring in 30, 35 players uh, at a stage. So I'd be surprised if she doesn't get a nod. I mean... For me, Lauren James, I'm, I know she's a good player because I trained with her at Arsenal. I know what, what she can do, but I'm still waiting to see that, mm. you know, um, injuries as well. I think she needs to get a little bit fitter as well because, you know, the game's moved on a bit. So, yeah, I'm still waiting for her to impress, to be honest. Whereas I'm looking at Neville. I know they're in completely different positions. I'm looking at Neville, looked at her last season. She was impressive last season, very steady. And it looks like this season she's going to be a name that we're talking about. Yeah. So You never know, Daly might get a nod up front at some point out of that left back position. So it might open up. I did find it quite entertaining. English fans who haven't ever really watched her over the in the NWSL suddenly being amazed at her playing up front and getting goals and being like, what? She can attack? She can score? And you're like, this is what she's been doing for Easton Dash for what, like six seasons she was over there? It's kind of insane to me that to them it's totally normal to have her playing in that defence when anyone who's watched her play over there knows that that's kind of where she shines a lot more. Or at least that's where I think she shines a lot that's more. That's where she plays. Yeah. She's, she's not a defender. Yeah. Carla Ward is quite clear about that. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she did a great job considering, didn't she? But at the start of the Euros... Anybody she was the position you were kind of thinking. Yeah, go I mean, at it, go I at it. Like to a couple of of people and playing against England, and I was like, "Go the left back, go the left yeah. back." And uh, she did really well. So <laughs> probably won't be asking me again, but um, she did really well. But again, you have to look at people that play left back. I mean, it's for me, it's a bit of an insult if I'm a left back and they're putting a striker or an attacking player in there. Obviously, they don't trust me which um, is a bit of a blow, yeah. Definitely as well. Emma, thank you so much for your team of the week. 
now we before we get stuck into our talking points just to say stay tuned until the end of the podcast because we will have a great opportunity for you to win some kit for your grassroots teams uh we've been talking about it over the last couple of weeks and the competition is ongoing so definitely stay tuned for that lots of different places we could start with this weekend and it seems slightly weird to be doing it since it was one of the last games but I feel like Liverpool Chelsea is a great place to start I know Emma you mentioned at the top that you thought Chelsea were going to do better because of how they performed last season but part of me isn't all that surprised that they lost this match considering you look at their track record I think they've won once in the last five opening days for them I know there has been a lot more pressure on them maybe compared to other teams because of international competitions. Do have that excuse a little bit this year with the Euros, but there was a bit more of a run-in time to them. What was it that they were missing for you at the weekend? Um, Well, first of all, the the preseason shouldn't be a problem. You're not talking about a team that have drafted in loads of new players like some other teams that we'll probably talk about later on. But uh, they know each other very, very well. Um, this shouldn't be a problem. It, it was for me. It was difficult. Looked difficult. The formation Emma Hayes picked. I don't think suited them very much. Um, that three at the back with you know when they have someone like Millie Bright playing in that kind of right. And she ended up going forward a lot. That's not her position. She, yeah, she's not against Leanne Kiernan. That's yeah. not what you want. It doesn't really work. It didn't work um, no. at all. And you could see um, it didn't work because Emma Hayes changed a little bit. So I didn't really like their formation for a start. Um, I like Charles. She's a good player, but I do know there are better players in that squad that, that could have made a bigger difference in that team. It just seemed like maybe they thought they were going to win. It took it for granted a little bit. Um, you've seen that they brought Parasit on, who's a big player for them, new sign-in, right back. It's the perfect position for her where I thought Millie Bright um, wasn't great. Um, of course, she was there because they were making space for Buchanan, who they obviously had talked up in advance of. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Buchanan did well. She did all right. You know, I've watched her for, for a long time. She's a good player. She's a good defender. She made a mistake. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, her, what kind of words would you have had for her? Because, yeah, it was a decent run by like Stengal, but she was going on her left side. I, I would and tell her was... she's so stupid for yeah. <laughs> Like, what are you doing? If I was in goal, I like that's the PC version up. of what you would tell her if you were in goal there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would me being very nice. Listen, I know you're new, but what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> No, but she she went to ground. Why was she going yeah. to ground? There's no need to make that tackle. Um, you know, the 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 center forward um as it Stengel was going away from goal, as Karen Kearney said in commentary, she wasn't a danger. I don't know why Buchanan made that tackle, but anyway. That was the least of Chelsea's problems. They had no um service into Sam Kerr, zero. Uh, the service that was going in was terrible, terrible crosses from the wide areas. Um, not what we're used to seeing. Of course, Harder being injured just mm-hmm. before the game was a big problem for them. Um, but still, you expect more. You've got good players in that squad. and just. I was going to say, would you not expect that Chelsea have kind of dealt with the issue of Harder or should have dealt with the issue of Harder not being available considering how patchy her time with the team has been? The fact she's been injured so much in the last season or two? Yeah, I mean, you have to be able to play without these players. And if there's one manager that can deal with that pressure, that last minute pressure, it is Emma Hayes. It is her. And Lauren, as we spoke about, Lauren James is a very good player, but does she know her role in that team? You know, Chelsea are a crossing and finishing team. They should be getting wide and they should be getting the ball into Sam Kerr. And the final ball was terrible. It was awful. So, you know, that's their bread and butter, so to speak. That's what they do. And um, they didn't do it well yesterday. Plus, you have to give credit to Liverpool. They defended excellently. They they did park the bus, but so what? Because when they did win it back, they kept the ball, which is the most important thing. So, yeah, I just think it was, for me, I'm sure Emma will be disappointed um, how she prepared for the game. Um, disappointed on some of her players that she might have been expecting more from. But, you know, it's the first game. They've 
as you said, they've lost the first game of the season a lot, many, many times. So, you know, it's just about picking themselves up and going again. But she has to bring the players in that she signed. She has to get them involved in, in the game, in the first game to get them going. It's not an easy league to get going in and they need to get started now. Mm, and especially the fact that they knew, you know, Buchanan was signed very much at the start of the window. A lot of these players have had time to mm-hmm. like get themselves involved in the squad. They weren't complete, you know, deadline day. They're only coming in at the last minute players. I think Emma Hayes herself said that she wasn't that worried. Like after the game, she wasn't worried about losing that. She had the sense that they just couldn't have hit a barn door all day, yeah, which is I mean, kind of r- ridiculous when you look at the talent that they have. Karen, I see you probably agree at that point. Yeah, I mean, they had like 70% possession, but like you say, the final ball was was no good. And maybe the Kerr offside goal was a little bit um, tight. We'll say we don't have VAR to have a look at that. But when your team as experienced as Chelsea are and you're 1-0 up against a newly promoted team after a minute, you put them to the sword, I think. You should be putting them to the sword. And they just didn't do that. They allowed Liverpool um, back in the game. Liverpool were very disciplined and just were very resourceful when they did get their ball up in their final third to get those couple of penalties. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I was a little bit disappointed with them. They looked a bit disjointed. I heard someone say after that Chelsea would use this as fuel going forward, but I think that's a bit of a cop-out. I just think it was a bad performance. You look at last season, they didn't beat anybody significantly. It was all 1-0, 2-0, kind of scrappy wins. And you think, where are they going to get that from if they are struggling? Because, mm. I mean, for me, G So Young was was their player Love to her. bring on and really unlock defence. That player that plays in front of that space in that number 10 position, for example, yesterday, there was nobody there. Erin Cuthbert was in midfield. She was dropping deep and she does a really good job. But where was the link-up play from the midfield to the forward? But that's what I was going to ask because I feel like in the way that City missed a player like Walsh, Chelsea really missed a player like G. And I think looking at the players they signed, it was quite obvious that they hadn't signed anyone that was going to be near her sort of quality. And and they haven't quite worked out either how to double up in other places or make Mm. that space. Yeah, I think it really wasn't helped by the fact that the fullbacks weren't naturally comfortable in attacking and supporting the midfield in that way as well but they're definitely missing a player in midfield but again like Emma said the setup was a bit of a strange one I think they could have gone more attacking considering they would have the the bulk of possession and then to look at Liverpool as well because obviously they did get the win they did take their chances even if they were under the hammer with 70% possession I think Chelsea made 620 passes compared to about 280 for (laughs) Liverpool so it was quite obvious they didn't have a whole lot of the ball if you were watching it I think a lot of people have said going into this even before the season started that they didn't necessarily expect Liverpool to be a Leicester or a Birmingham that they had quite a lot of chance like quite a good chance of staying up this season do you think that this game is fluky or do you think that this does show that they have that sort of quality and that they can do some interesting things in the league this season Emma well it's definitely not fluke not where Matt Beard is concerned I've been in the league as long as Matt Beard has and he is a pain in the neck to play against the way he sets up the way he reads games the way he changes games during the game he's really difficult to play against his teams are um and he's just he's old school manager which I absolutely love like you can hear him on the sideline he's geeing them on he's organizing he's the voice you know and um I actually watched um Man City Liverpool in a pre-season friendly and going into the game speaking to the city players I'm like you know Liverpool newly promoted you know should be an easy enough game pre-season <sighs> no it was 1-1 <laughs> Liverpool were were really really good they're really tight typical Matt Beard team really well organized difficult to break down and and now they have added something else to their game which is getting forward with Kiernan um who has the pace which it doesn't matter what team you play. If you have someone who's quick up front, you're always going to stretch the game a little bit, which gives you a bit of space in midfield and things. Um, who's a big loss to them because she's done ligament damage. So she, I think she's going to be out for a little while, which is bad news for Ireland as well. Um, but in general, I just think they're... And the midfield, I was really, I said it again, I was really impressed with Holland, just how she was getting in there, breaking up play, power passing range, really good. And... Um, 
talking about a Welsh player again, not an Irish player. We might end up playing against mm-hmm. them at some stage. Um, but yeah, just really good. Well drilled. That's not going to change for Matt Beard. I think they're only going to get better. Um, very good defensively. They've added Jilly Flaherty to the back line, who again, I know very, very well. He's a very good player. Very soft penalty, I would say. Do you think? Yeah, it was just oh. really clever by writing. Like she just poked it and Jilly mm. actually stopped. She she went to pull back. Um and I know Jilly should be absolutely devastated over that. Yeah. <laughs> um but again, a really great signing for Liverpool, you know, just to tighten up that team. And her herself and Nifahi have played together at Arsenal, played together at Chelsea, so they know each other really well. Um and I just think they're gonna do I I'm really excited to see them play. I think they're gonna do really well. Yeah, just looking at like Leicester and Birmingham's goal difference last year, I just don't see Liverpool conceding anything near the cut amount of goals that those two teams did who were in the relegation battle. Um, and that's really, really important. And they will pop up with goals. They have obviously the throw-ins, set pieces will be really important for them going forward. But yeah, just looking at how they were set up, um, horrible to play against. That back five were so tight at times, there was no space in between them. No. Um, so. I mean, the only team I could see really opening them up would be Arsenal because of the type of players yeah um but in general uh, I just yeah really really good really impressive and then you have to look at the other teams if you're talking about relegation uh, battle which you should be with a mm-hmm. newly promoted team you look at the other teams that they'd be fighting against which are Reading Brighton Hove and Albion Leicester and for me looking at all of those games Liverpool were w- won't have anything to worry about there no, I agree. And one other thing just before we move on from Chelsea is uh, there was a good interview with Emma Hayes in The Guardian over the weekend with Donna McRae. Lots of interesting stuff in there about her own personal things that she's gone through over the last few years. You know, how this is probably the first season that she's gone into in four years, feeling like mentally refreshed and ready. There also some really interesting comments about Chelsea itself and also the control of the WSL. I think she's probably one of the first managers to actually come out and properly say, I want the WSL to be taken over by the Premier League. I want it to leave the FA. It's a conversation that's been going on for a good few years, but it was kind of like a little nugget drilled into the article and there wasn't picked up by too many people. And also then her saying that it's her dream job to coach in Spain because she's fluent in Spanish. I thought it was very interesting. I mean, fluent, I don't know. There's a few mistakes in there. <laughs> Listen, whatever Emma Hayes says, do it. That's yeah. what I say. Yeah. Just She's just an incredible person. And you can go to Emma with... Uh, you know, questions about football, about the, or you can go to her about questions about your car. She knows everything. She's just, <laughs> just unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's, if she has a strong opinion about something, it's definitely something you should listen to and think about because she has done the research. That's what I mean. She never comes across as un, unprepared. Like there's always been a depth of thought gone into all of her interviews. She's yeah. so interesting. Even in post-match, she's so like just put together and just takes a step back and doesn't rush into anything she says. So she's definitely thought about the pros and cons of that. Oh, yeah. She's so pragmatic as well. Mm. Like everything, everything just makes sense. Mm. What she says, I could go in, go in to her house thinking one thing and come out like completely different. <laughs> I'm like, <"Hi, laughs> hop and skip. I'm going to think about that a bit more. But she's, she's just, um, she's just an incredible person and she could be ruling the world, I think. But yeah, with the, the Spanish thing, I mean, who doesn't love Spanish football? She loves Spanish football. She spent some time in Valencia, I know, with her coaching badges. She absolutely loved it there. Um, it's her dream to work with these kind of players that have that much talent and then to how to improve them. I mean, she's already, I can assure you, she's already thought about how she could improve them and how she could win the World Cup with Spain. <laughs> that, those, that's already in motion. Um, but I think it's going to be extremely difficult to break into the Spanish uh, Federation. They're quite a... Yeah, by the sounds of it, yeah. there's a few conversations going on there. Oh, well, there's there's crazy stuff going on there. Like, I keep telling them, why don't you, you do what we did <laughs> with Ireland? I don't understand why you're not just copying us. <laughs> we should um, do the blueprint for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a shame, really, because they have a great team. Unbelievable, yeah. And the players themselves are great people. 
um, and they're having huge problems and it's not a good place to be at the moment, unfortunately. Mm. No, definitely not. And hopefully it is something that gets, I don't know if it's going to get solved soon, but you would rather see it get sorted sooner rather than later, both from a league and a national point of view, because as you say, there is so much talent there. Um, to move on to a team that does have a little bit of Spanish influence, Man City, 3-4 against Aston Villa. Um, I think Gareth Taylor really needed a win and was probably wiping his brow a little bit that he didn't have to play Arsenal on that opening weekend. And then it was absolute chaos. <laughs> maybe maybe he, w- he would have preferred Arsenal because if Arsenal beat you, it's like, you know, they're a great team, whatever. Mm. But the fact is, the again, alarm bells were ringing when they played Real Madrid in the Champions League. It was so similar to how they started last year. Was their preseason good enough? Did they have enough time to bond with so many new players? Again, you're talking about two preseasons with a, so many new players. It's really difficult. Um, I mean... <sighs> It's a really bad result for them, but they've had really bad results last season. I don't think they won their first seven games and, you know, he he kept his job. So I don't think it's going to be any different this season. Mm. I think he'll still be there. Um, the only thing is the expectation then, because he did finish so strongly. They won like their last, I don't know, five, six games on the trot. So fans would have been like, OK, we're on the up. And then, but then kind you of lose, back down to earth and like you're looking you at Villa lose. who came ninth last year. Yeah, you lose so many players. So it's again, well, we need to bond. We, we've new players. We've lost so many players. There's always something, but a club like Man City is not a club that loses games. They're, they're a club that they want to win. They're, they're very, um, they've high expectations and we're looking at them again, thinking what's going to happen here. I feel yeah. like fans though are less tolerant for it this season than they were last. Like I remember some of the preseason stuff that City were putting up on Twitter and Instagram and nearly every single comment underneath it was Gareth Taylor out, Gareth Taylor out, Gareth Taylor out. And there was very little. And any other of the comments were people being like, well, why are we losing 10 players, players of extreme experience? You know, you look at the players they brought in, some of them have showing a lot of promise and could be very good, but they're probably not the caliber of your Walsh's, your Weir's, your Bronzes, your Stanways. I mean, I personally, I don't think you can replace Kira Walsh. I just think she's just fantastic. She's just a com- on a, a different level around the world. I yeah. mean, she is the best holding midfielder without a doubt. Um, she was lost Weir before that, though, as well. Yeah, I mean, the other players, I think maybe, you know, you can get players in. You can get Mm -hmm. players in. Um, I mean, and the players he did sign, uh, I was really excited to see. Like, Laia Alexandri is an excellent player. I've watched her play for Atletico all season. She's a centre-back. She's Mm -hmm. a centre-back. And she She had so much to do, though, at the weekend that she couldn't keep up and do it all herself. No one near her. No one near her. She's on her own. You're playing a three in in the midfield, a tight three. You should be bossing the midfield. Definitely the two other midfielders need to play along beside you. There was no one near her. The other two, as in Laura Coombs and and Nigal, was they were too far away from her. I mean, it was so evident in the goals they conceded when they were trying to play out from the back. The options just weren't there for midfield. Now, Aston Villa's press was very, very good, but they just played themselves into trouble. And it was because that midfield shape was just wrong. And they're they're so rigid as well. Mm-hmm. Like the game is not on paper. You have to be able to adjust and and you know see how the other team's set up, and then you have to make your own decisions. But I just feel like they're trying to do the same thing all the time. They pass it to the centre back. That centre back wants to play it to that holding midfielder who was Laya at the time. But sometimes that's not on. Why do you have to do six passes to go forward when? you can go forward in your second pass or even in your first pass. Like you have to mix the game up and they're not doing that. They're not mixing it up. Play the ball long if it needs be. Stretch the team, then start playing, you know, with the back line in midfield. Play it out wide first, which which doesn't happen either. It's the same thing all the time. They need to mix it up. And do you in think saying that they scored three goals, but the conceding of four isn't great. 
I mean, yeah, no, no, no. Defensively, I mean, they've got one of the best goalkeepers in the league as well, as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Ellie Roebuck, who two seasons ago was the best and on her way to becoming the best goalkeeper in the world. Then injury happened, a couple of things, a few knockbacks. So that would be my first protocol. Get this goalkeeper back to where she was, get her confidence going. um, Because that the goal she conceded was... It was confidence. Yeah, I mean, that. I think on another day she would have just saved that with her legs and it would have gone out, but she tried to maybe scoop it into herself and just straight into the path of daily. Mm. She took her eye off the ball, that was it. And um, unfortunately, it, it she spilt it in a very dangerous area. But again, this bad luck. And then you also have your centre-back, Steph Houghton, who's been injured for a very long time, mm-hmm. coming back in, needs to get find her level as well. And then you don't have, they've no holding midfielder. So they've to put a centre back in there in, in Alejandri, who's one of the world's best centre backs. And they're like, it's, so it's a double whammy. It's, it's just doesn't make sense. How can you not replace or try to replace your holding midfielder? Well, because they tried to hold on to her for so long and then Barcelona just gave them the right amount. Do you think? I mean, that- why? Why would you go to Barcelona? Like, is she okay? <laughs> Is she sane? <laughs> I just watched a clip of her on Twitter there doing an outrageous switch of the ball. And I was like, she's going to love her life there. Oh, no, but she, she actually played really well in their first game, but mm. she still is not confident that she's doing, having a great game. Like she's just, that's her. She mm. always wants to do better and um, she always wants to be better, which is probably what, why she is one of the best. <laughs> yeah. And then what about Aston Villa as well? Because you have to, a bit like with Liverpool, you have to give them their credit. They took their chances when they came. You saw, obviously, Rachel Daly, who everyone had been watching to see where she would play. We probably should have known from the comments before the match from Ward. But what impressed you about them? Like, I felt like they signed quite well during the summer. and they That's it, yeah, yeah definitely. And the, their they, signings, they've been absolutely brilliant, perfect. I mean, I was hmm. quite impressed with some of their uh, players last season, like Pacheco, I've I've always really liked. She does a really good job. Daly is massive for them. She just seems to drive the team forward. She's like that clog that just makes everybody tick. But a player that really, really impressed me was um, Daly. Daly, down the left. I thought they caused so many problems down the left. Um, so good. Yeah. So good. She's, she's top class. I don't know yeah. how... Or how much? Yeah, <laughs> find her for, but I guarantee <laughs> worth it was every penny. Much less than other players in the league, and and she was just brilliant. She was fantastic. So yeah, I think um, I think the manager um, has done a great job. I think yeah, she recognised that they needed goals from somewhere, and then you've got two players straight in Daly and Daly who made a massive impact, and that's going to give them huge confidence going forward. Daly and Daly. Daly and Daly. There's going to be some great headlines made up yeah. <laughs> of the season. And then to turn our attention to the first game of the season, Arsenal 4, Brighton nil. Felt like a kind of classic Arsenal win in the sense that it took them a while to settle into it. But then once they found their rhythm, they looked quite confident and they were smashing in the goals as well. They just absolutely bossed it, didn't they? And Brighton had no chat whatsoever. I mean, for me, quite disappointing, to be honest, for a Hope Pell side. Um, they were all over the place. And of course, the sending off didn't help. I mean, probably the worst thing you could ask for to go down. I mean, Arsenal already looked like they had three extra players and then to yeah. go down to, to 10 players, 10 players <laughs> um, was a bit of a disaster. But again, Arsenal brought in a couple of players, you know, they, they, they've they started exactly how they finished. For me, the best footballing team in, yeah. in the league. They were last year. I think they will be this year. And I think if they don't do anything really stupid or get a lot of injuries, I think they should be winning the league realistically. I think that's my main concern with Arsenal is depth. I don't know if they do get a raft of injuries or if players just aren't fit enough to keep it going for the season because there there are a lot of positions there where if someone goes we're in, especially in defense as well somewhere that I kind of wish that Arsenal had bought a bit more during the summer I know Adwell talked about it was much more important to get rid of some of the players that were there move along and start fresh and I think he said he had tried to sign someone in defense but it fell through at the last minute and it'll probably be January now well obviously it'll be January now before someone comes in because the transfer window is closed but I don't know. I 
I would just worry that there's a few more frailties there uh, that they won't be able to do those maybe dirty wins that we were talking about Chelsea did towards the end of last year where they were scraping it, but they still managed to get their win. Look, it's exactly as you say, Kathleen, it's in defence for me. If for me, the most important player to keep fit in that team is Raffaele, Mm -hmm. the Brazilian. I think she's absolutely crucial. She hasn't even shown how good she is yet. Um, she was injured last season a lot and I think they really, really missed her, particularly in Champions League. Um, and that's how you you test yourself as a team, as a top team. It's Champions League and Arsenal haven't uh, done that properly mm. since we won it. I'm going to say it. Yeah, since we won it. <laughs> First episode and she's got it in. I give myself up here. <laughs> but they haven't. And you, it's disappointing because you want, I want to see them do well in Champions League. I think they'll win the WSL and yes, fantastic achievement. Great. But the Champions League is where it is, where it's at. Yeah. And um, I think defensively is where they lacked um the the position in there and I think Raffaele is super important there and yeah. um, also Kim Little who again has been injured a little bit over the last couple of seasons so I'd rather yeah, they need to her. mind her she needs to be obviously managed they need to mind her, <laughs> <laughs> to mind her. they're like at, like at her, her age like, <laughs> there's no point to that was a real mammy thing to say <laughs> that's how I feel about mind it. yourself <laughs> but uh, like unlike City Arsenal's forward line can be changed they can change the style that they play I mean Miedema can be the focal pointer she can drop deeper and then you've got the likes of Mead who can kind of play off either wing um, and gets herself in the box as well but yeah if something does happen at the back they do need to bolster that but you would think that they'll have enough to get them through to that January window and then hopefully something comes in for them yeah, Genius um, as well. I'm excited to see what she does this season. Yeah. I feel like her and Miedema were just starting to really click towards the end of last season. And even the game the other night, you can already see that partnership. I thought she looked really bright. Like I thought she looked like she was a lot happier than she did when we saw her during the Euros. Um, completely different player, really. Just a lot livelier. Yeah, again, I'm disappointed in the Euros because... Mm she was dropping so deep in the earth and her, her game is to run in behind into those spaces. I'm not saying she's that type of player, but she finds those spaces down the channels so well. And um, she wasn't doing that in the summer, but yeah, looks much happier. Obviously she's much more comfortable. She's been here a few months now. She played mm-hmm. a few games with them and I think they're going to get better and better. And I think every team will be very worried about playing them. Emma, you were at Man United and Reading at the weekend, did you say, at the start of the match? What, what was the standout point from that for you? Um, I mean, I think Maya Letizia was incredible. A player that, again, I was watching and thought, yeah, she's good. She's she's okay, you know, last season for Brighton. But in the, the United shirt, she just looked like one of the, the, you know, more experienced players. She looked like she was a leader out there. She looks strong. Like she's been working a lot over the summer. I was like, whoa, she's, she's a beast, like really strong. Um, and then that whole right hand side, I mean, it is so dangerous. It's so dangerous with Ona Baje and, and Lucia Garcia, the, the two Spanish players who have such good awareness of each other. Um, for me, their weaknesses in midfield, personally, it didn't show um, against Reading because Reading didn't have anything in there. But um, yeah, the, the if I were to play against United, I would definitely be putting pressure on that midfield. Um, but they just... They just looked like they knew exactly what they were doing. Every player was so connected. And then you have players coming off the bench, like um, Leon coming off the bench, who again is a really good player, completely different than Lucia Garcia. So again, adds another dimension to the team. And I just think Mark Skinner has got something really good going on there. And he, his depth of squad is is ridiculous as well. It's crazy. So And he yeah. gave out about that so much last season. So he won't be able to use it as much this season. Yeah, so he'll be expecting find, big things. 
There's something else to complain about. Yeah. He's going to have to find another excuse. Yeah. No, but they do. They look really good. They look really they good. They look like they've bought into everything he's saying as well, like that kind of energetic style of play. They do yeah. look like they go at teams. And um, very, I'd say when they do come up against the better teams, they'll be looking to hit on the counter. But like oh, you yeah. say, it's just if they can get that midfield a little bit more shored up. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about City and how they did last season. And, you know, one of the things is they bet United. Mm. And this season, if they're not beating United, that for me is going to be a massive, massive problem for the fans and and probably the board. I I feel like that could be one of the things that really affects Gareth Taylor's tenure. You mentioned Maya Littizzi. I've been writing about her for two years, I think, at Brighton. And I'm so impressed at how easily she seems to have fitted into that United squad. I thought it might take her a couple of matches. I like I watched her know how good she is. I thought it would take her a bit longer to acclimatise after spending most of her career at Brighton, but that just wasn't the case. And Lucia Garcia as well was another player who in pre-season I thought was really, really impressive for United and I think can be really impressive for them this season too. Yeah, and and Letizia is even better centre-back. She's mm-hmm. That's her position. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. really- you say she's been there for years. That means that I probably played with her at Brighton, which I'm a little bit embarrassed to say. I cannot remember her. No, she's she, young, you know. She, started, she moved. To- <laughs> she was born. She was born a lot later than me. I um, maybe one of the year five years. Maybe she's I think twenty. She's twenty. And she's 20 now, yeah, nearly 21, I think. She was like six. (laughs) I don't remember. (laughs) I think she has the record for most WSL appearances of any teenager because she literally played every single minute for Brighton over several different seasons. She was trusted that much by Hope Powell. She also Mm -hmm. must have taken, Skinner must have done a lot of work as well to convince her to move away from Hope Powell because she was very, very strong on the fact that that's where she saw her future and that Powell had given her a lot. So I imagine it would... I think looking at Brighton, though, she's probably made the right move for now. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And a really, really nice girl as well. I know, like, you can say that about a lot of players, but she's very, very humble, very modest, and I think that's going to do her well. Stand her, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you guys for that chat. We will be back again next week with even more exciting things. I mean, there's so much happening next weekend. We have North London and Merseyside derbies as well as Chelsea taking on Man City. So expect about a five hour long podcast as we <laughs> delve into all that. But before we go, we do want to remind you of the competition that we are currently running where we want to try and help as many clubs as possible to get some money, get some resources in. So thanks to our partners at Cabri. We're supporting Irish women's grassroots football and we were giving away all the net profits from our most recent Cabri Roadshow in Vicar Street which Emma starred in at the time. Over the next few weeks we'll be giving you an opportunity to win €1,000 worth of equipment for your local grassroots adults club. It's so simple to win. It's literally free money. All you need to do for a chance to win is contact us with your club details and contact information at the Koi gig pod at offtheball.com. Emma, thank you so much for your first official appearance as a co-host on the great show. Debut. Great yeah, debut. Great debut. Very strong. It's been a long time since I made the debut. <laughs> Feels good. Feels good. <laughs> and Karen, thank you as ever. And thank you for not slagging me about Slagger Rovers. I, You're I so welcome. I'm so humble. <laughs> we will catch you all next week. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.